This is Film Club. Afternoon, chops. Anyone want to start a gardening club? Just remember, we don't do nothing for no one for nothing. Just take care to not illegally perambulate on a public highway, because it's time to break down Paddington 2. Oh my gosh, what a great film. I'm so happy we watched it. First of all, I just want to go through and talk about all of the amazing British cameos we have in this film, all the actors. So some you're probably familiar with and others you might not be, because I would rediscover every time I watched. Albus Dumbledore, the Michael Gambon version, is the bear, the uncle. And then <laughs> Professor Umbridge is Aunt Lucy. And then, of course, we do have Lord Grantham, Hugh Bonneville, as Mr. Brown. And then the grandma, or Mrs. Bird, who with, lives with them, is Molly Weasley, of course. And then Sally Hawkins, who is in Shape of Water, is the mom. So many, for me and fellow Whovians, so many Doctor Who guest stars that show up. Like, all of the neighbors, almost every single neighbor is a guest star in Doctor Who at some point. <laughs> Except for the, the like, grumpy guy that ends up like dating that girl he's the only one i don't really oh. recognize the traffic guy is no <laughs> the one who like gets his windows clean no but the policeman or the the fake police guy the volunteer that hates paddington oh yeah peter Capaldi. oh he's the oh, doctor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> we also have professor slughorn slash oh no what's his name it's mr gruber in this movie but who is he in moulin rouge and he's gonna be so mad Oh, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. How embarrassing. Um, but then, yes, Peter Capaldi is the 13th Doctor. I love him so much. The IT guy, isn't he in it? Yeah, yeah. He's like, randomly he gives um, a witness. testimony at the yeah. trial. <laughs> I did When I watched it the first time, I had not seen IT crowd. So this time I was like, what? He's in this. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Mad-Eye Moody, Brennan Gleeson. Shout out for Sarah and George, who watch Ghosts with me. But Julian also makes an appearance, which I had not seen Ghosts before watching it the first time. And so then watching it again, I really was like, oh, wow, so excited. And then I finally figured out, because the whole time, every time I've watched this, I'm like, I feel like I know Paddington, the voice from somewhere. But I was never able to figure it out until recently, which is he is Q in James Bond the more recent, like, the last two movies, which I only watched because they have refines in it. Oh. And he's the adult version of Michael Banks in Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah. He's also in The Lobster. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which no one else will know that except for <laughs> And Biz, maybe. Oh, yeah. He's the, yes. weird, the cute weird guy that, like... <laughs> I only remember him swimming in the swimming pool and complaining about something. I have, like, very little memory of him in it. And, of course, Hugh Grant as well. Very prolific. But just so many fun. I, I just feel like it's so entertaining to watch and be like, oh, I know them from this. So hopefully that was a fun surprise and delight. So kind of how I'm looking to break down it from my end, I wanted to talk about some notable scenes, then talk about my favorite gags or favorite running bits, and then kind of look more at it from a more technical commentary place. So feel free to jump in whenever. So this is obviously a sequel. Now, I feel like most of our viewers had not seen the first Paddington. And the first Paddington is also very charming and well done. I think the second one is better. Um, At least that was my experience in watching it. I actually don't remember a lot that happens in the first one. I feel like the plot is maybe a little stronger in the second. It's like a really 
excellent reintroduction to the characters if you have seen the first one and if you haven't like I feel like you're completely caught up to speed into who all the main players are his first night in jail is so heartbreaking (laughs) I just like want to give him a little hug when he just is like he climbs up the little wall and is like talking to himself and he's like I just need to hold on till then and I'm like oh if we all haven't had those little moments where you're just like so sad and in desperation and you're just like holding on to the littlest pieces of hope that things could possibly get better oh when when he says uh how about a bedtime story he says no bedtime stories in jail (laughs) (laughs) he's just he's just a child (laughs) making marmalade that whole scene is so fun and charming and i also love all the prisoner introductions especially when the browns come to visit and they're they're like all popping (laughs) in at once is Paddington is naming them all off, but my favorite, who I feel like it's pretty much no screen time, is the politician one. <laughs> and he's like, I hope I can count on you for your vote. And then they're like asking him if they know the criminals. And he's like, I'm afraid I couldn't possibly comment. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> also, the whole like, that's the light switch. <laughs> when Mr. Brown is like going off on how we can't trust them. <laughs> we can hear everything you're saying. <laughs> also love the imagination sequence when he talks to aunt lucy when he's in jail and suddenly he's like in the jungle oh so sweet and then during the prison break i love the cinematography like the whole tracking shot that follows them and then it stops on the sandwiches and paddington comes back like mm, such incredible cinematography and filmmaking in this movie and it didn't have to be so oh i love it And I just love that everything has a payoff. Everything that was introduced in the beginning, like, has a purpose in the plot later at the end. Every character trait, like, main character trait that was established for all the household members ends up, like, playing a big role in the story. Whether it be Mrs. Brown's diving and swimming or Mr. Brown's ability to throw the ball at the carnival uh mrs bird's name being remembered the newspaper getting so much traction the boys um obsession with trains just like so many fun things that at the beginning you just think are like fun character things but then they all like have this big payoff at the end um and like the coin too that he uses to pay for the phone call which i'll talk about later because that scene is maybe uh, that might be my favorite scene of the movie talking about the ending really fast before we jump into like our favorite funny bits when he's stuck in the water and Mrs. Brown can't get him out, like, it's totally deus ex machina when the prisoners come back and are able to find him, like, perfectly. And they're very strong. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, very much not, you know, like, the most sound ending. But, like, the whole time that they're just, like, staring at each other. Oh, like, so heartbreaking. I love it. So great. It's so great. Like, I love it anyway, even though and it's kind of, like, it's not taking itself too seriously. You know what I mean? Like, it's not trying mm-hmm. to be, like, look at this watertight plot that we have going on and of course the ending with aunt lucy coming is so so sweet and the credits are super fun too like all the little nods that they do to give updates on everyone's life i think are really fun so before we jump into any more of the our favorite funny parts do you have anything you wanted to add from just like favorite scenes or more serious tones i love how paddington just everything he touches he makes it better than it was before like when he leaves his neighborhood everything kind of like falls apart again and like you see his influence and the influence he's been having on these people's lives and maybe they didn't even realize it but you don't realize the good you have until it leaves and then just the especially in the prison like he's entered this horrible horrible place and he just 
turns it around and makes it the most wholesome place you've ever been. So I just thought that was very heartwarming and a very a good goal to be like Paddington, to make a place more positive than the way you found it or leave a place more positive than how you found it. I'll also say you mentioned like the cinematography, but there are like other time lapses when he's doing the laundry and it just like slowly grows and grows. And then when the kitchen gets redecorated with the the prison being revamped kind of, I love how that is, how they portray that. And at the very beginning when Paddington's imagining Aunt Lucy reading the pop-up book and they're like in a pop-up book. Yes. Fun. I just love the combination of like, I don't know, cartoon kids shows with like a feature length film. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It has a very Wes Anderson quality to it without quite being Mm -hmm. the same. Because Wes Anderson is quirky in particular, but it has like a very distinct style. And this is not quite to that level, but it has this like fantastical extra realism you know magical element to it but definitely a lot of the cinematography I feel like is inspired by Wes Anderson yeah the thing that's super Wes Anderson is like the zoomed out shots of the sets where you can see like each of the rooms all at once Mm -hmm. and then move from move to room from like a bird's eye view or a far off view and of course the prison I said this in my letterbox review but it is like straight pretty much the the, I mean the prison from Grand Budapest Hotel yeah I don't know if that's just how European prisons are but (laughs) well yeah I feel like the color pink like plays a big role in both prisons as well okay oh and even the outfits I mean of course that's a like classic prison outfit but it's the same with the little hat and like the exact same stripes and yeah but then they turn pink (laughs) so some of my favorite gags and running bits I do think the shaving scene is so funny. Like, the everything that keeps going wrong is so stressful. I think it's so funny. I hate it. <laughs> it makes me so stressed out. Oh my and gosh. I feel like that's the first movie has more of those moments where it's just like everything paws on top of each other and it just all turns into a huge disaster. Right. Like with the bathtub scene yeah. and stuff like uh-huh. that. Yeah. I love the bit about Mrs. Bird. Not liking him, not liking Phoenix Buchanan because he can never remember her name. I think it's such a funny running gag. I also love his whole attic of costumes and that he like talks to himself in character. I was like, ooh, relatable. (laughs) (laughs) I feel attacked. Just like, this is what's funny too is in the first movie, Mr. Curry, aka Peter Capaldi, has a much more prominent role, I think. Like, he's kind of more of the main villain. There is a main villain, and it's Nicole Kidman, right? Yeah. Um, And he's more of, like, a sidekick. He's, like, in league with her, yeah. Yeah. And I found him so much more amusing and charming in this one, for some reason. He's like, kind of silly in this one. He's... I... Every time he's on screen, I am living for it. Oh, I just love him. Paddington is arrested, and they come back, and everyone's, like, shocked. And he's like, you opened your homes to this bear. Well, you did. I kept mine triple locked. <laughs> just like, love them so much. Ah. <laughs> it kills me every time. I also love how scared everyone is of Knuckles. And <laughs> when they send Paddington over and like the guard is like, send a medic to the canteen. <laughs> <laughs> send a priest. <laughs> and I also love Knuckles with an N. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Brendan Gleeson is like, mm, maybe, oh my gosh, how do I pick a favorite character? But he's definitely up there. He's so, so charming and so great in it. 
also such a fan of Bullseye Bill, which is Mr. Brown's hippie outfit. Oh <laughs> my gosh. That's the my favorite part of the first movie is it had more flashbacks to Mr. and Mrs. Brown's past and okay. Hugh Bonneville had some pretty sweet outfits on. <laughs> and I also love the the monologue that Mrs. Bird goes on about how actors are the most evil, devious people. <laughs> I love it when actors dog on themselves. I think it's great. <laughs> but it is just this great, very Britishism of the doctor meeting Lord Grantham and talking to each other in the street. Oh, my little British heart is so happy. So I watched it once on the flight to Utah when I came in June, but then I recently rewatched it to kind of take notes on it all. And the part that killed me the most on my second rewatch was when they're listening, the escaped convicts are listening to, oh my gosh, which reminds me, I forgot to mention that Charlie Bucket's dad is also in this from Charlie the Chocolate Factory. He's one of the three prison henchmen that goes with knuckles shout out to mr bucket okay so anyway when they're like in their hot air balloon or their plane and they're listening to the radio getting like an update if they've been discovered or the police are onto them and they say something and knuckles like cracks up and then he has to shush himself you have to go back and watch it because it seriously is my favorite (laughs) he like because no one else makes a sound he like laughs and he goes shh it's so funny ah i just i'm obsessed with this movie i love that hugh grant or whatever the actual phoenix buchanan his headshots all around his house are actual pictures of hugh grant from his career it's adorable (laughs) i love um double bass bob (laughs) one of the criminals when they go to visit and he's like double bass bob and he goes yeah it's the deepest deepest voice I love Brendan Gleeson's beautiful beard. It's just so fluffy and it's got the red and white in it the whole oh, time. Yeah. Just like, wow, that looks so nice. So nicely kept. I'm pretty sure it's a friendship boat when Paddington's chasing Hugh Grant at the very beginning and there's the river. I was like, that's a friendship boat! Awesome. Free floating vessel. Free floating vessel! So Paddington's been missing. He escaped from prison. Mr. Brown's coming in and he hears that Paddington's on the phone and his whole countenance just like lights up. I thought it was so cute. Oh, so Hugh, Hugh Bonville did such a good job with that. Yes. Oh, my favorite quote is Peter Capaldi. He says, I've raised the neighborhood panic level to wild hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that that's even an option. <laughs> It's so good. The thing that shook me the most was Mrs. Bird at the end had the gun and thought it was a real gun. She was fully committed to killing him. (laughs) She was gonna shoot him in the head, no question. But it was just the dart. (laughs) She sure was ready for him to die. Oh my gosh, just straight up murder. And then my last note is Mrs. Brown is Pocahontas. Just oh, swan dive. Her beautiful dive. Very beautiful. I just like, I love every character in this movie. The dialogue is so good. The lighting, the music. I love the music. I love every time the little band is like, you, it's just like background music and then it zooms <laughs> out and there's like a band with Paddington. <laughs> it's just so gosh darn charming. Like it has no business being this good. And I think that's kind of the appeal and the like warm reception it has received which i think is well deserved i think when you look at what studios do to classic children's literature usually and they just make it into lowbrow humor or like 
things that like are only going to really resonate with young audiences. Like I think of like the Lorax or um, Clifford, the big red dog, or there's just a lot of movies that are like, no adult is really going to enjoy watching this necessarily. Not, I mean like the Lorax has its, it's like some people are gonna be offended at your dig at the Lorax. I apologize, but like I just Paddington Two is like truly a family film where it's accessible and enjoyable for younger audiences. But like you can watch it as a jolt as an adult. It is just as enjoyable and moving and doesn't feel juvenile, and so it just feels like a a big departure from what usually happens when people take children's material and create it for a big budget film. And I think a lot of people were really afraid of that happening to Paddington. I don't really have much attachment to the book. Like, I don't feel like I ever really read it, but I think it's like a huge thing, especially for British culture. And so it's really fun for it, for this like beloved British icon to be portrayed so well, but then like have it be this celebration of all these British pop culture icons as well. It's interesting that Nicole Kidman was in the first one because she's Australian. She's right. So I feel like maybe in this one they try to choose only British people. <laughs> stay, yeah, stay a little bit more. <laughs> the color palette, the ways that things are framed and set up, it's just so visually beautiful. And it really underscores the whole tone of the film, which is if you look for the good in people, you'll find it, as well as like what you were saying, like leaving better than you found it. Within that, there's just so many, there's a lot of thematic tones to this of hope, connection, celebrating individualism, kindness, being polite, whimsy, community. And one of my favorite scenes that really embraces all of that, I think, is when he's broken out of prison with his new friends and then they abandon him. And so he feels betrayed. But he also has this like deep sense of confused betrayal because he doesn't think the Browns care about him anymore. They think like he thinks they've forgotten them, but he still is like going to try and make one last contact with them. And he finds the telephone box. Oh, and just the way that it's lit, like it's so dark outside and gloomy and the telephone box has broken glass and then like but the lighting from it is this like beautiful hope and this like kind of warm comfort it's like such a beautiful shot and it is just like the film in this one scene where it's like the world and like the things that you come across and sometimes the people that you run into it is not pretty it is ugly and it has been broken and beaten down and it is hurting and but yet like you still can find light and beauty and like by reaching out with hope, with connection, with all the beautiful things that Paddington brings, like that's where the this like dark, ugly place is made brighter and lighter. And it's just like, oh, I love it. And that's where he's finally able to reconnect with the Browns and they make a plan and they keep going. And it is like made possible by the kindness of Mrs. Bird for giving him that that coin way at the beginning. Just like that perpetuating kindness, that perpetuating goodness and hope. It I think it's I'm gonna claim that as my favorite scene. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Uh, my last thought was this also has undercurrents of calling for prison reform. At the beginning, when Paddington first comes, there's a lot of rules and a lot of things that don't really treat the prisoners. I mean, in this film, like compared to normal prisons found in the real world, like comparatively, it's more humane than what actually happens in prisons. But like on Paddington's level, 
it could be a lot kinder and nicer and a place for um, recovery and rebirth, which is like what prisons should do, um, rehabilitating and like helping people instead of strictly for punishment. And I'm probably also thinking about this because I'm reading Just Mercy right now. How do we help the people in our society that are either incredibly marginalized or have made really bad decisions? But like, how do we still view them as human instead of just like trash? And so I'm just like, I love that Paddington is calling for prison reform. And you see like when they have access to good food and and they're treated with respect or they have like books or they're good, you know, bedtime stories. I also love, I feel like I missed it every other time when Hugh Bot or Hugh Grant, Phoenix Buchanan goes and he turns the whole thing into a musical. Did you mm-hmm. see that part? I loved it. Yeah, um, in the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I always turned the, them off too early before, which is out of character. But yeah, so just there's a lot of work to be done with regards to how we treat people who have been incarcerated, especially for things that are not like major felonies. Anyway, a little shout out there for some prison reform. <laughs> Go vote. <laughs> some fun facts I I discovered. Did you know there's going to be a Paddington 3 coming out? They're working on it now. Uh Uh-huh, I think so. And it's Paddington in Peru. So I don't know if this is going to be a prequel or kind of the third one in the series. So, but I am excited. Interesting. It's just funny that the ending is the exact same ending as Going My Way. Yes. This is a spoiler. So if you didn't watch either of them, don't listen. The secret bringing back of their long lost mother figure to them they thought they'd never see them again and the tearful reunion it's so great i was just like how is this the exact same (laughs) (laughs) i know especially back to back (laughs) yes it also is in the letterbox 250 top 250 because it is ranked so highly across the board for so many people as it should be i think it has 100 percent on rotten tomatoes i think so yeah or at least it did for a long time i just found out this fun fact this easter egg the newspaper that knuckles mcginty is reading at one point one of the headlines on the interior says award and threw a party in the county jail which is from Jailhouse um, Rock by Elvis Presley. That's the opening line. So I thought that was funny. Do you have anything else to say before we throw it over to the listeners? Nope. All right. So people's favorite characters were Knuckles McGinty, Mr. Brown, Phoenix Buchanan, Paddington, Jonathan, the, the son, Mary Brown, and Mr. Gruber. Got a shout out as well. Ah, I don't know who my favorite character is. Who's your favorite character? Oh my gosh, I forgot to mention that I love when um, Mr. and Mrs. Brown are in Phoenix Buchanan's house <laughs> and he's in his pajamas and he's like, oh, we're just doing an inspection. <laughs> he's just so cute. I think Mr. Brown's my favorite just because it's so fun to see Lord Grantham um, in this different role. Yeah. That whole scene too is so funny. Like when he's like, oh, he's a weirdo. <laughs> like when he pops up in <laughs> And that just Phoenix Buchanan just like buys it too. He's like, okay. He's <laughs> like, like, weird. <laughs> I feel like I'd have to go with either Paddington or Knuckles. No, I'm going with Mr. Curry. I love Peter Cabello oh, so my much. Mr. Curry. <laughs> Favorite scenes. Anytime Brendan Gleason said marmalade. <laughs> Mr. Brown doing the splits between the trains. Oh my gosh, so great. <laughs> I love the prison scenes with the mess hall being transformed into a chic cafe with gingham tablecloths the tap dance finale number, and of course Paddington being reunited with his loved ones. I also like Paddington, Paddington window washing escapades. 
<laughs> so fun. When the dad uses his yoga when he's doing the splits between the trains. Showing Aunt Lucy London through his picture book. And the convicts revealing their cooking skills. Any scene with the train. So many, but I loved Lord Grantham doing the splits in between the trains. I love the prison scenes and the musical number at the end in the prison as well. <laughs> okay, so then the thematic question I asked our listeners was, how did the film create a storybook or beyond reality feel? Actually, before we get into that, I said my favorite scene was the um, when he's calling in the, the alleyway. Did you have a favorite scene? I think I love Mrs. Brown doing the swan dive. Mm-hmm. But I do love the prison transformation and just how wholesome it becomes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, I can't believe we haven't mentioned Wolfie. I love the Irish wolf found so much. She's so cute. Oh, yeah, their baby. Okay, so how did the film create a storybook or beyond reality feel? The world is similar to ours with just enough slight differences, talking bears, etc., that we become immersed in uh, because the director holds the same tone perfectly throughout the film. I think the bright colors, as well as the pop-up book animation, the fun visual elements of color and the feel of London. The colors, costumes, and sets feel like a storybook. Using wide-angle shots so extensively and each scene filled with so much detail really made me want to stop and inspect every establishing shot and see the fun in them. That photographic technique made it feel as if I were turning pages in a big, beautiful book. Also that the prisoners rectilinear were limited to desserts and sweets. Favorite. A strawberry panna cotta with a pomegranate glaze, the window washing, the haircut, for example, all had a very storybook imagery and feeling. The colors and set really seemed to enhance the beyond reality feel. There was such a clean palette and aesthetic and the way things would pop up. I'm thinking of the prison transformation and how scenes were much like the pop-up book. And the flow was just slightly different than everyday life, realistic movements. Bright colors, the occasional band playing while window washing and at the prison, a talking and walking bear, the crazy characters. Okay, favorite aspects of the film. I love the heart. It's such a warm film without being corny. Acting. The costumes are fun, especially the variety. The film villain war. Um, the acting and sets. The way Paddington felt completely real and adorable. But of course he is. Both. He's completely real. <laughs> um, the setting and mixed media in the film. Also Paddington's voice and little bear ways were my favorite. And the acting. Do you have a favorite aspect? I think, yeah, just like the type of humor that's in it. It's not, it just feels very proper, but still fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really have to hand it to directing on this one. I think overseeing like all the small little elements coming together in like this beautiful, very complete wrapped up film. Like the director did such a good job with this, which is what I saw his name earlier, but now I forgot who it was. Something King, maybe? Paul King. Yes, Paul King. Very fantastic job. All right, the lessons or takeaways. That goodness is infectious in everyone. Kindness matters not only to other people, but also the way it shapes your own development. Family and friend relationships are the most precious possession that we have. Invest in them and treasure them. The importance of community and looking for the good in people. Always be kind no matter what you face and look for the good in others. That was the film's message, but it is a good one. Also, learn how to drive a train. You just never know. <laughs> be kind and polite. These things matter and make a difference. If we're kind and polite, the world will be right. Um, I also was thinking about how Paddington has these mantras that he carries from Aunt Lucy about being kind and doing well to others and that it will, like, the world will be right. And it's really not. Like, he goes to jail. Like, <laughs> Mr. Curry is mean to him and Phoenix Buchanan is just worried about his own self-interest and pretty much, like, sentences to death, right? So, like, just because Paddington 
does all these things doesn't mean his life is easy or like that everyone reciprocates in that way but like it is transformative enough that the people that are receptive to it do change and so I just think that's a good reminder too of like even if you're trying to do all the right things your life won't be perfect or people aren't gonna treat you perfectly but like you'll put out enough good into the world that some of it will come back too. Okay, time to read people's reviews. So this one is from Ryan. This is a great film. When people talk about films that kids and adults can enjoy, they should think less about animated films with deep cut jokes for parents and more about films like this. Films so good that everyone can enjoy their message. The movie knows what it wants to be and everything and everyone in it are in service of that vision. It seems like they knew the heart of the story and built a conflict around it. Everyone is slightly over the top, including the talking bear, and then Hugh Grant is allowed to dial it up to 11. It's just so nice to watch such a well-crafted story. Then the next one is Catherine. I really enjoyed watching Paddington 2. I knew nothing about the book and the first movie other than the fact that they existed, so it was nice that no prior background knowledge was needed for this viewing experience. I wasn't really analyzing things in depth while watching, I mostly just enjoyed the experience. The humor was great, acting was well done, and the animation was impressive. I liked the artsy way they rendered the pop-up book. It was fun to see well-known British actors such as Peter Capaldi, Hugh Bonneville, Hugh Grant, Brendan Gleeson, etc. Paddington himself was lovable and morally upright without being annoying or pedantic. I was laughing so hard when Mr. Brown did the splits between the trains. It felt like they included fun touches that were relevant later. It was well-written and didn't feel tropey. While I might not go so far as to call it a classic, I definitely was surprised at how much I liked it. I thought Hugh Grant was a wonderful villain. His disguises and self-centeredness was entertaining, even if he maybe lacked some depth. Other hilarious moments were raising the street level of panic to wild hysteria and the dancing in the prison at the end. Fun and sweet. Hot take. Marmalade isn't actually that good in real life. Ooh, you're gonna have to duke it out with Knuckles for that. I would go far as far to say it is a classic, <laughs> but they reminded me of something I wanted to talk about and forgot. The animation is so impressive because just when you think about realism done, like photorealism, when you think of The Lion King and how lifeless and scary it is, like they do such a good job of making him seem like a real life bear, but like keeping cartoonish and emotion styles with it. Like it's so well mm-hmm. done. The next one is from Deb. My favorite film so far. I absolutely thought it was delightful and colorful and fun and had a great message. Plus, it brought a tear or two to Elizabeth. That makes it a hit. (laughs) She loves to see Elizabeth cry. (laughs) Watching Biz cry in a movie is quite a treat. (laughs) The next one is from Biz. I went into this movie with very low expectations. It was a delightful surprise. I enjoyed the character of Paddington with his innocence and kind-hearted way of viewing the world. It was a feel-good, exciting, and humorous film. Each of the characters had their own personality and the actors did an excellent job of portraying them. And the end totally got me all teary. So wholesome. (laughs) Okay, the next one is from George. When Paddington 2 came up, I admittedly wasn't too excited to watch, but so glad I did. It's whimsical, full of fun and soul, tenderness and humor, and endearing in every sense of the word. The next one's from Annie. This is my favorite film of film club so far. I'd heard that people and critics alike loved this movie, so I wanted to see it and remained curious if it could indeed live up to the hype. It exceeded the hype. Mm. It's magic in every sense. I will watch it again. It has a particular and distinct vibe that is wholesome, charming, heartwarming, entertaining, and delightful. The vibe is also a love letter to London and has shades of Wes Anderson, but without the quirkiness turned up to 10. I'm remembering Paddington's hard stare, the dyed prison uniforms, running joke with the judge, 
There were so many great quotes. I also want to recognize the surprise turn of Hugh Grant as a comedic villain whose dog food commercial is included in the film. I forgot about that. (laughs) A movie chock full of esteemed British actors that contains a line about how evil actors are. Yes, please. This movie not only kept me entertained and laughing, but also made me feel the feels as one of those feels was deeply happy. And one of those feels was deeply happy. It portrays lovely relationships and conveys great and important life lessons through the sweetest bear. Paddington's voice reading anything might be what I need to listen to at night when I can't sleep. I found myself tearing up when Paddington and Mary are looking at each other in the water with the crashed train car, and then again when the neighbors banded together to bring Aunt Lucy to London. This movie is a delight. This movie feels like a warm bath, cozy blanket, soup on a cold day, replenishing and nourishing comfort and hope. Oh, I love it. (laughs) It's so true. All right, and this last one is from Jill. I have to admit that when I first heard about the Paddington movies years ago, I was skeptical. But when it got such great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and was highly recommended to me by a friend, I thought I would give it a chance, and I'm so glad I did. This is my second time watching it, and I fell in love all over again. It is such a great film. I love all the actors. It's fun seeing familiar faces from Harry Potter, Downton Abbey, and other shows I love in these roles. I love how Paddington wins over even the toughest customers, and it was fun to see Hugh Grant playing a washed-up actor-slash-villain. It has some great comedic moments and good morals and is a wonderful and wholesome movie for all ages. Um, And this is just a little plug because I know that there are some capital regimes who are very faithful film club members who do not submit reviews and we would love to have them. But yes, thank you to all those who submitted. We love hearing your insights and thoughts and very, very fun. Glad it was well received. You know about the train spotting guy? There's this guy that got really, he went viral of just videos of him during the pandemic. He like reconnected with his love of trains and would go out and wait for his favorite trains to come past. And he had one of those like GoPro things that just films his face. (laughs) And so they're just hilarious videos of him just being so excited to see a train. And it's this grown man. He's like in his 20s. But he has a story. There's like a video of him where he's like, people have doubted my train spotting or my identity as a train spotter because when he was in high school he totally squished his love of trains because it wasn't cool and now he's rediscovered it as an adult and he is a really cool guy he's like very handsome and has really cool clothes but I, it just reminded me when I watched this how that's exact this is the exact story of what's the boy's name of Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan's <laughs> going to be in a Gucci campaign one day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just so glad that the definitions of a cool guy are hot and cool clothes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's what I meant when I was saying. Like, not a, not like a dweeby nerd. Yeah, not what you would expect to be someone who's waiting all day long to see a train go past (laughs) and screaming in delight when he sees it (laughs) all right well i think it's time to leave the gun take the cannoli ask our cannoli questions from paddington 2 you go first what is your snack of choice that would turn everybody to your side oh i feel like there was something recently that i shared that like people were like that's really delicious but i can't think of what it was terribly upsetting applesauce go go squeeze (laughs) my daily applesauce shot (laughs) 
Um, I would say there are these little, they're from Trader Joe's, like little wontons almost. They're just like a staple in my freezer. Quick little meal that's very filling. And when I was prepping to come to Utah while there was a hurricane, I was like trying to get rid of all my frozen food because we were certain that the power was going to go out and... So I was like trying to eat all this frozen food and I was like, guys, you can eat this. And Lauren and Ebony ate them and I would like, or I like left them for them and I came back out and they had like eaten them all and they were like, those are the best things. So I'll, I'll just go with that. I feel like that's the most impressive. Here is my food introduction and it caught on. <laughs> all right. Yours is what would happen if Paddington was part of the Corleone family instead of the Brown family? Well, my first instinct was to say he would die, but... Oh. <laughs> I think he would turn them. Clemenza would be making marmalade sandwiches in the kitchen. Cute. The business. He'd make them legitimate. He'd do a better job than Michael. Mm, I like it. <laughs> I do think like Sonny would hate him at first, but like veto, <laughs> especially if it was post hospital veto, it would be like he would <laughs> be so on board. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So cute. I need this crossover. <laughs> what place do you want a pop-up book of? Ooh, how fun. Hmm. Um, I'm trying not to be cliche, but I feel like I'm just going to end up being cliche anyway. Ooh, but what if we went, like, fictional? I want a pop-up book of my favorite movies. So, like, one would be Bug's Life, and then another would be, like, The Godfather, and then... I mean, I'm sure books like this exist already, but it would be, like, detailed <laughs> and really cool and, like, multiple pages devoted to and it. And specific to your favorites. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince yeah. of Egypt. Oh. If you had an addict like Phoenix, which characters would talk to you? Does it have to be people I've dressed up as? <laughs> I mean, presumably, but not necessarily. You could have hidden characters that have yet to come out. Characters of the past are Gilderoy Lockhart. Oh, I want you to get advice from Gilderoy. <laughs> <laughs> they would be horrible advice. <laughs> um, Michael. Ah! <laughs> I don't Fair Draco. Oh my gosh. Long-haired Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Martha. Can we reprise that? Can we I just have to. a day where we're Draco and... <laughs> Done. <laughs> When you come back. Yes. <laughs> Who else? Morbius. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't want him to talk to me. <laughs> Dobby. <laughs> oh, I want Dobby to talk to me. <laughs> Dobby and Gilderoy. Chihiro. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> she would be cute. That's a good attic. <laughs> that do be a good attic. Okay, your last one for me. What would be your odd job? Like Paddington washes windows. Ooh. Uh, I feel like I would I like by what I consider to be my first job was going over twice a week and hanging out with my neighbor's dog for like an hour. <laughs> oh, dog sitting. So, yeah, which is like a legitimate job that people can do, but we'll just say that. Or a dog walker. Yeah. All right. Your last one. Which British cameo would you want to be in Paddington that currently isn't, and it could be dead or alive? Carrie Hughes? <laughs> yeah, I want Wesley. Wesley. 
It'd be fun if like Daniel Radcliffe was in one. Mm-hmm. So many Alan shots. Rickman. Oh, Alan Rickman is very good. David Dennett. This is not my only question to comment on. <laughs> okay, because you know I would say Michael Caine. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait, I want um Maggie. Maggie Smith. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Because she is an icon. And Gildor Lockhart. (laughs) (laughs) Kenneth. Kenneth Branagh. (laughs) All right. We'll throw it over to cannoli questions from our Kappa regimes. How would you break out of prison? First, I would get in with the warden, and then I would have a Bible, and then I will order a poster of a hot... (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, have a poster on my wall and just scratch behind it. (laughs) Um... And then I will blackmail the warden. I I don't think I could do a prison break. I'm not I'm not cut out for that. I feel like I would just try and run, and it wouldn't it wouldn't end well. <laughs> I would try to just live out my sentence. <laughs> Good behavior. Boring. Get your parole. Yeah. You can read the next one. Which city in the world have you not yet visited that you would like to? So many cities. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say um, Sydney, Australia. Ooh. I'd like to go to Marrakesh or Casablanca. Ooh. Um, what costumes and disguises would, disguises would you employ to be unrecognizable? Trying to think I feel like... Me. Go ahead. I feel like I would be boring and just wear a mask and sunglasses and put my hair up, wear a hat over it. <laughs> darken my eyebrows so they look bigger my i would probably say something like along the lines of my alice costume just because i had friends that would scroll by on instagram and not realize that that was me so i feel like that was my most like unrecognizable costume but just because i had like blue contacts in and stuff but <laughs> blonde <laughs> It might be as simple as just putting my hair up in a bun. It really throws my Florida <laughs> friends because I usually just wear my hair down because I'm not in study bun mode. But on occasion, I'll put my hair up in a bun and it like freaks them out, especially when I also wear my glasses at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming home from a late night at Magic Kingdom at the same time Lauren was coming home from work. And I was thinking like, oh, she might be coming at the same like right now. And I saw her walking down the sidewalk and so I like stopped and was like excitingly waiting for her and she walks by me and like barely looks at me and she just goes hi and I was like oh no are you okay like is something wrong and she was like I did not recognize you I just thought you were some complete random stranger who just like was stopping so I could walk by (laughs) so all it takes is me putting my hair up in a bun for your own roommate to have no idea who you are (laughs) I mean, it was like 11.30 at night, too, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it just was so funny when she was just like, hi, and I was like, oh, something like, went she, terribly wrong. She is mad. Continuing this cannoli submission, if you were in prison, what personal talent would you use to make it a better place to live in? E.T. <laughs> E.T. is a personal talent. This is my talent. Maybe like movie trivia, like I would mm. start up a... Like we or like a movie club, like oh, we would have weekly films that we would watch. I'd organize it with the prison people. Then we'd have discussions on it. I'm assuming prison movies are out of the question. 
I think that's fine. <laughs> Shashank I... is fine. <laughs> I would say um, either like hosting a weekly game night or recreating music videos. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amazing. You'd have so much time to do that. And just like so many people to work with. It'd yes. be great. What physical stunt feat would you do to get on a train a la Hugh Bonneville's meditation splits? Mm. Assuming that we have the skill and are able to execute it, I would say, I feel like just like doing some type of really cool parkour off of a bridge and like getting on the roof, but then like tumbling into the the train window really fast. Really cool looking. Um, I'm just, I watched Mission Impossible one yesterday and tom cruise is like using his fingertips to hold on to the top of the train so that would be my skill smh (laughs) he's so cool (laughs) where would you hide a fortune in the cabinet downstairs that was had a broken lock for years i still believe there's a million dollars hidden in it somewhere deb says there's not i don't believe her I don't know. I guess there's like a treasure thing in Utah that happens every year. I've never heard of it. Oh, yeah. Nobody's found it yet this year. So I'd hide it wherever. I'll hide it wherever that person hid it. We'll do that for the whole month of August. Sorry, I kept putting you off. Treasure hunting. (laughs) Forget all of your other plans. Uh (laughs) We are foregoing everything else. I need $25,000 so I can come to Paris eight times a year. (laughs) Don't even say that. I would be so happy. <laughs> when I didn't come eight times a year no. to Florida. Eight times total, I think. So just eight times spread out in almost... In however long you're there. 20 months. 22 months. Yeah. Yeah, I'd just hide it in the Mill Creek Canyon somewhere. Other than a train, what complicated or not machine or device would you like to learn to use? Okay. I on again off again have been learning morse code like nora and i had it down for a hot second the summer before i moved to florida and it's all gone again but i want to like i can do pretty good at like tapping it out or like once i refresh myself but i want to be able to like communicate with morse code and get it really quickly so that is that's my answer i would like to know how to drive a helicopter Mm -hmm. i know that's really dangerous but (laughs) feel like it's a good skill i encourage you in your cello dreams but not in your helicopter dreams <laughs> <laughs> which i feel like you might need to give the listeners an update since i am signed up to have a cello lesson on thursday i'm so happy about it <laughs> we'll see how it goes i don't know if this if my schedule is gonna work out with this lady's schedule it does for this month but but we'll see but hey <laughs> at the very least just imagine the banjo, cello duets we'll be able to do. Because oh. those instruments obviously really go well together. We can figure it out. We can make it a thing. I think so. Our Some band. <laughs> Our band. Banjo, cello. Bello. Banjo. Where would you take Paddington if he was visiting where you live? Ooh, this is fun because we still live in two different places. Mm-hmm. This is hard, because when people come to Utah, I'm like, I don't know where to take you. You could take him to southern Utah. There's a lot there. 
So far away. Yeah. I'd take him up Mill Creek Canyon, even though it's 100 degrees. In the morning, we go for a morning hike. I'd take him downtown to see the ugly temple. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's just not its prettiest right now. Because it's got scaffolding all over. Yeah. Maybe I'd take him up to the... Oh, out to the salt flats. Mmm. Like Spiral Jetty, maybe. Oh, and Motherwood is also there. Oh my gosh. That's the dream. She's just standing there waiting to welcome <laughs> in, in the center. <laughs> <laughs> the, obviously, the answer would be like one of the theme parks, but what if I took him to Gatorland? He would make friends with the Gators. He would make friends. It'd be really cute. But if I was to take him somewhere in Disney, I mean, I'd probably have to take him to Animal Kingdom because that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And he, well, wouldn't that be awkward to see all these animals that, that would are be awkward, in captivity? Bright. But they're like in half, they're roaming and free. It's the best kind of captivity there is. Mm-hmm. I feel At like he would, he would like Epcot. I don't think he'd super like all the rides. So I feel like Epcot would be a good Get a taste of the world. Oh, cute. Which reunion did you find more heartwarming? Aunt Lucy coming to see Paddington or Miss Mrs. Fitzgibbon coming to, from Ireland to see Father Fitzgibbon? I feel like I have more of an emotional connection to Paddington. So like that reunion meant more to me. But the Fitzgibbon reunion was m- much more unexpected that it like made me a lot more emotional. I can't. I feel like the first time I watched Paddington too, I probably got a little bit more emotional about it than I have on re- certain last, like the last rewatches I've done. Um, my answer is Mrs. Fitzgibbon for sure. <laughs> I don't know why I was kind of just like, yeah, of course, Aunt Lucy's here. <laughs> so callous. I was like, cool. See, I just think like Fitzgibbon. I'm. I'm not trying to say your answer is wrong, or you can't have that. <laughs> I'm just saying, explaining why, rather. For me, I just didn't have as much of a personal connection because, like, he only mentioned her once, kind of in passing, whereas, like, Aunt Lucy means so much to Paddington, and the the crux of the story is, like, trying to repay her or, like, help her have a meaningful experience in, like, getting to see London as much as he possibly can make that happen. And so, for me, there was just more of a, like, emotional payoff. But I also thought the Fitzgibbon reunion was very meaningful that's sentimental i think i like this mrs fitzgibbon and father fitzgibbon felt more like he had given up that he would never see her again Mm. she was so old like he was so old yeah she like she's probably a (laughs) hundred and it's the time period is such where it's a lot more difficult to travel Mm -hmm. more expensive uh, it's, I think it would be more expensive to travel from Peru to England than Ireland to New York. But And if you're a bear. <laughs> that's the other part. <laughs> I just relate a little bit. I, I mean, I don't relate because my mom doesn't live in Ireland. But, <laughs> but it was more emotionally impactful yes. for you. And the combination with the music that I had already almost cried in the first part when the music was going and then it came out on the second time and it was too much. <laughs> Capacity has been reached. <laughs> <laughs> Tears are flowing. If Vito Corleone went to prison, uh, I hate that so much. <laughs> don't know why. <laughs> I had such an emotional reaction to it. What would be his signature dish that would win over the other inmates? Oh. 
does Vito have a signature dish? I know. Clemenza does spaghetti. I'm thinking of, like, Godfather 2. He's just, like, always illumined. What is he? He doesn't cook. His wife cooks. Right. He's a good old-fashioned Italian man. (laughs) It could maybe be just, like, oranges. Isn't that what he's buying? He's always buying? Yeah, fruit. Orange marmalade. There it is. Combine them. That's the Godfather connection. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Did we already have one? I don't think we had one. I, like, made one and neither of us felt good about it. Um, Mary Brown wanted to swim the English Channel, and Phoenix Buchanan wanted to put on a one-man show. What is one of your dream achievement? Mm. <laughs> we are both mm. unambitious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to say run a marathon because I've never wanted to do that, <laughs> but I feel like that's to be determined. I just think my body would break <laughs> training for that. <laughs> no way. I think you could do it. Just anytime I start running more than five miles a day, I get injured. Yeah. You definitely would have to, like, be diligent in training. Careful. And, like, yeah. I want to pull an Arthur and be, like, playing a piano concerto. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's his go-to ambition. He loves piano. Um, no, now it's the, the Chanjo, the, the Bellow. Yeah. Our band. That's my new ambition. (laughs) Start a band. On top of my bar. I can't forget about my bar. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So many ambitions. (laughs) Um, okay. Let's see if anybody else has gotten the theme. Interesting. Some good ones. Should we give a hint? Do you think? I don't know what kind of hint would not um, give it away. We have picked films that we haven't seen because we know they fit the theme, even though we haven't seen them. Correct. Yes. That is a hint. And we will just give more and more obvious hints as we go on. Because I would say that everybody who's still submitting themes, they're, they're going down. It's not on the right track. Yeah. yeah. So look holistically at the films that we have seen. There we go. There's two hints in one go. <laughs> reminders to watch on the waterfront this month and then do watch departures sooner rather than later i think probably mid-august is when we're gonna have our bonus episode where you can come in and do a live breakdown with us so more information will come on that it'll just be easier on us if we can do it in person in august rather than trying to figure out how to do it internationally with all of you so Probably aiming to like the 14th of August, probably that evening, I'm guessing. More details will be coming about that in like an email. But essentially what it will be is Lauren and I will be in one place and you guys can join us via Zoom. We'll probably have a list of topics that we're going to cover. And so you can, there'll be like a sign up sheet for when you want to come in and talk about those. So it'll be fun. It's new. It's different, but I'm excited. So watch Departures sooner rather than later um so if you don't have anything else you want to add just a reminder from aunt lucy if we're kind and polite the world will be right that was film club <laughs> <laughs>